Let's see. I wonder how many of y'all came thinking it was time for Sunday school? <clears throat> how many of y'all came at 9 o'clock and just had to hang around for an hour? You know, um, What's going to be fun is to see if anybody shows up about 11. We just take them on out to the, to the uh, lunch if that happens. <clears throat> it, uh, it is always confusing when we make a change in schedule, but glad to see you here today. I'm glad that you adjusted and got here at the at the appointed time, and uh, if you're worshiping as a guest with us today, uh, we just don't believe in guests. You're one of us. Whatever we are doing, you're invited to be a part of, which means lunch afterwards. Uh, you, you guests are welcome to come and join us in the Family Life Center. There will be food there following uh, our worship service. So we do hope you'll come back and worship with us on many, many future occasions, and that you always feel like you're a part of this family. Um, the youth will be meeting at their regular time this evening. Children's choirs and activities will also be meeting at the regular time because the days are drawing close to their performance here in a couple of weeks uh, as they give us their Christmas presentation. So we remind them of these important practices. There are also Bible studies this evening that are going on as usual. Now, if you're not doing anything else, you're welcome to join me and some of us over at First Baptist Church at 6 o'clock for a community Thanksgiving service that uh, will be attended by the, um, all the downtown uh, churches. We all get together, always get together around Thanksgiving and, and in the Easter time of year as well. And we will invite you, because I know you're as excited as I am, that a good Methodist sermon will come from a Baptist pulpit tonight. <clears throat> well, we'll see about that. Um, thanks to your generosity, 75 families will be receiving Thanksgiving baskets um, being delivered by uh, Sunday school class and other members of this church this afternoon. If you would like to be a part of that delivery uh, activity, uh, you would need to be here at 3 o'clock today or a little bit before. And uh, we invite you to come and help distribute these uh, baskets of food to the needy. We also will be arriving here between 1.45 and 2 today for the um, Merle State uh, Hunger Walk. If the rain holds off, we'll be able to, to go ahead and do that. But this is a fundraiser for our soup kitchen back down here, uh, which does a wonderful job of feeding almost 200 people uh, every, every day uh, as they come there and depend upon us for at least one good meal um, in, in our area every day. So we invite you to be a part of that uh, celebration as well. No, I'm leaving several things out. It'll come to me in a while. I want to invite Patty Howell to say a few words regarding some thanksgiving on her heart at this time. Hi, I'm Patty Howell, and um, my sons are Logan, Tyler, and Luke. My nephews who live with me now, Jake and Hayden Lines. Um, today is a, a very special day. 
Um, today marks a year that my husband died. It was the last time that we spoke to him on the phone, that all of us talked to him and told him that it was fine to go be with God, that it was fine that we would be okay. And I truly meant those words in my heart when I spoke with him in, when he was in Korea because I knew that I had people like you that were going to comfort us and take care of us and not ever let us fall and that God sent you to us. Um, ten, it was over 10 years ago that Linda and Benny Hannon invited my boys to come and play basketball for Memorial Methodist. We belonged to a very small Catholic church. They didn't have a very big um, ministry for children. Uh, they were a very sweet church, but we needed our kids to be involved and more. And Benny and Linda were so gracious to invite us. And then this church just adopted us. All three of my boys played basketball. They went to youth group here. Andy, we are so blessed that we have Andy to take care of our children and to help us raise our children. Um, I will never forget when we found out that Smiley was not going to make it and we all spoke with him. Somehow, I don't know how Andy found out, but he found out and he was at my house. It was not even light outside to talk to my boys, to be there for them and for me. Um, and so many people from the ch this church as well. When Smiley was diagnosed with prostate cancer in January of 2008, we were told that we probably would live 20 to 30 years. And he went so fast. Every day, I mean every week, it was so precious because Cornelia Alexander's prayer group of girls would send him a card ever since he was diagnosed, before he was really in a lot of pain or anything, still running wholesale tire. They sent him a card every week. And when it got really bad and we were in the hospital for a couple of months just before he left for Korea, he would, he would ask me, Patty, have I heard from my girls yet? Is my card in, in, in the box yet? I mean, just a little sentence and the cards that all of you sent and the love and the support. And we weren't members of this church. Now, I read the website and I went to the website and I don't know who wrote these words, but this church is so loving, not only to the people that go to this church and that are members of this church, but they reach out to others that don't have. and. I just, from the bottom of my heart, appreciate it so much. When Smiley was getting ready to get on the plane, we talked and we decided that we were going to leave our little church that we had been a member of for 27 years. And we were going to come to Memorial because this church did more for us and has done more for us just with the love that you've given us and the comfort. And that is what, I mean, God blessed us with that. He blessed us and we decided then. And so when Smiley was in Korea, we started coming to this church and we became members um, not long after. And I just really, I'm so blessed that God sent you to us 
for the last 10, 12 years and that we are blessed that my husband is living with him now and not having to go through so much pain. And we are blessed to know that we are all going to be together one day. And I do believe that. And I thank God every day for this church and for its loyalty and the strength and the love that all of you give. That is what God is all about. And this church shines from that. Thank you so much. And I, as your pastor, am very proud of the ministry that you give to so many people in this community. Let us now begin our time together in worship.
Our affirmation of faith is the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead. He ascended to heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Be seated, please. This time we'd like to invite uh, the children to come forward to join Lee Dumas for a few moments of sharing. have a crowd today. It's good to see everybody. How are you doing? Good? Did you hear anything in that song there? We talked a little bit about corn and harvest and had all kind of things going on. What's coming up this week? Anybody know? Thanksgiving. What are we all so thankful for this week? What, we're thankful for God. Any other, anything else we're thankful for? Food. Yeah, we love eating food, right? Anything else? Mom and Dad, a home. Our best friends. We've got a lot to be thankful for, don't we? Yes, sir, we do. And a church. Okay. Well, let's go ahead and see what God's Word has to say about being thankful today. What do you think? It talks a little bit about sowing generously. What, is, what does the Bible mean when it says to sow? Any, any guesses on that? So when you put a seed in the ground, you're sowing a seed, and typically you do that in the springtime, right? In the fall, when you, get that, when you get the harvest out of the ground, that's why we celebrate, and we get together, and we have this big feast and Thanksgiving, so we're going to sow generously. Let me read from the Word today. Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. So if you plant a bunch of seeds, guess what you get? You get a bunch of food, you get a big harvest, and God wants you to go out and he wants you to sow seeds, and, and today we're going to talk a little bit, this is Consecration Sunday, so today we're going to talk about taking some money that God has given us and giving back to his kingdom, so we're sowing seeds into the kingdom, and hopefully there'll be a great harvest and a great return when more and more people come here to church, and we can be thankful for them as well. What do you think? Let's all bow our heads and pray together. Heavenly Father, we're so thankful for all the children that you've given us here at this church and for all the families that are present today. And we ask that we'll be remembrant of those folks this week during, during this Thanksgiving holiday and, and we'll know that there are people out there that are less fortunate and help us to think about them 
uh, when we have so much. In your precious and holy name we pray, amen. I'm not sure how this ended up on the teacher's desk instead of up there, but I do whoever thank you very much. <clears throat> I just hope that the anthem is long enough. <laughs> Our uh, responsive reading is Psalm 100 uh, on page 821. I invite you to turn to that page and stand as you're able as we share this passage together responsively. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the lands. Know that the Lord who made us is God. We are the Lord's, we are the people of God, the sheep of God's pasture. Enter God's gates with thanksgiving and God's courts with praise. Give thanks to God's name. For the Lord is good. Our epistle lesson is from 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 6 through 15. Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each person should give what he has decided in his heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that in all things at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. As it is written, he has scattered abroad his gifts to the poor, his righteousness endures forever. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be made rich in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. 
And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. This service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of God's people, but is also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. Because of the service by which you have proved yourselves, men will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ and for your generosity in sharing with them and with everyone else. And in their prayers for you, their hearts will go out to you because of the surpassing grace God has given you. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. Here ends the lesson.
Let us join our hearts together in prayer. Where do we begin, Lord, with our thanks? If we were to make a list of things that we are grateful for, we would be here all day, and I don't believe we would ever exhaust the list because you have provided for us in so many wonderful ways. We are so thankful for this good earth that you created. We are so grateful for the many, many years that this planet was under development according to your plans so that it might be a suitable habitation for all of the plants and animals and people that you were making. We celebrate those that we share life with, those little creatures, our pets and the wildlife around us. We see how very much you must enjoy life for you made it in such diversity and abundance. We celebrate the fact that when you created human beings, you designed things so that we would find ourselves dependent upon and learning from mature adults. At least that was the plan. We are grateful that from our earliest memory, there was someone there to take care of us Some of us knew that person as mama or mama and daddy, but it was your hand of care for us, guiding us. You provided everything in life for us, including the tools for our education. We are so blessed, O Lord, to have a warm home on this cold day and a warm place of worship to come and share your love. The generosity of your abundant harvest is so so evident to us as well and we're thankful for the food that you provide. Lord, as we number our many things to be thankful about, we would ask you to cause our thanksgiving to spill out of our lives into actions of gratitude and love to express to you our thanks and to offer to care for one another as an expression of our love for you. And we pray that our giving, our generosity, and our support of your work might also be received as expressions of our generosity, of our thanksgiving to you. And Lord, as we remember the thing that we are most thankful for, that you didn't leave us in the darkness of our sin, but you have saved us through Jesus Christ. We give you thanks for sending Jesus to live among us, to give his life for us, and to to be raised victoriously from death. And we pray that we might respond to his love for us by going into all the world, to embrace our brothers and sisters with the good news 
of your love for all of us. All these things we pray in the name of Jesus, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Let us now worship God by giving.
seated, please. I want to say a word of appreciation to our finance committee and Ralph Johnson as chairperson for making all the arrangements and preparation for <coughs> this special day of uh, committing ourselves uh, to the Lord for the coming year. It's also good for us to have all of us together under one roof occasionally, isn't it? <coughs> we had a joint service uh, a few months back on the fifth Sunday and we did that in the contemporary service setting over in our Family Life Center. And if you will remember, if you were there, we coaxed Jessica Krim into singing with the praise band that day. But she came out the winner because there's three of us in the praise band that have joined the Christmas choir that uh, is working for a special service for you coming up in uh, mid-December. Uh, so uh, we are excited about these occasions to, to be together. We were looking at fifth Sundays always, but this is just a natural day to get us together on the fourth Sunday uh, before fifth Sunday uh, so that we might celebrate together and eat a meal together and, and, and be here before we get into the Advent season, which begins next weekend. Next Sunday morning, we will be uh, observing the service of hanging of the greens and there will be decorations going up and a Christmas tree in the corner and folks it's here ready or not uh, here it comes so uh, I hope that you'll be able to be a part of all that we do during this uh, wonderful Advent season that we have every year at this church it's so meaningful always with special music and special activities going on our scripture lesson, our gospel lesson for today is Luke 17, verses 11 through 19. Now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, Go, show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him, and he was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, Rise and go. Your faith has made you well. Here ends the lesson. Today is quite a Sunday. It is the last day of the Christian year, also known as Christ the King Sunday. When we remember that, after the end of the world and all of human history, Christ will rule in final victory for all the endless ages to come. It's also Thanksgiving Sunday, the Sunday that the sermon is supposed about giving thanks to God. It's also Bible Sunday, 
And the sermon is supposed to be about the importance of the Bible in our lives. If those were not enough, we at Memorial decided, decided that today was the best day for our annual consecration Sunday. And that means that the sermon is supposed to be about pledging and giving to the church. So here is one sentence that tries to capture all the significance of this day. Since Christ is king for all ages, just as the Bible teaches, let us eat turkey and give God thanks, showing how thankful we are by pledging our support to his church. I think that about does it. I guess we can just now go and eat. Well, not quite yet. Don't anybody get up. <clears throat> In 2 Corinthians 9, Paul ties together the themes of giving thanks and generosity. In verse 11, Paul says that generosity gives birth to thanksgiving. Our giving makes others and even ourselves become thankful. In verse 5, he also speaks about preparing ahead of time, planning what you're going to give. Paul wrote these words, I thought it necessary to urge the brothers to come visit you in advance and finish the arrangements for the generous gift you had promised. Then it will be ready as a generous gift, not as one grudgingly given. Well, that's what we're doing today, my friends. We're making arrangements for our generous giving that we plan to do in 2010. Remembering how we promised God when we joined the church that we would support his church by our prayers, by our presence, by our gifts, and by our service. Pledging is one of the ways we plan ahead and make arrangements for what we want to give. And it makes us give routinely and joyfully rather than grudgingly. Now some people make a pledge to their church out of a sense of duty. And that certainly is a very worthy motivation. Claiming Christ as our king reminds us that as citizens of his kingdom, there are some responsibilities, there are some duties that we owe to the king. You know, we don't speak much of duty anymore in our society, except if you're a Boy Scout or if you're in the military. But duty is a very, very wholesome concept. Duty comes from an awareness that you owe somebody something for what you have received. Duty to country is a result of being aware of the gift and responsibility of the freedom you've been given. Duty to God comes from being aware of his many gifts of grace to us. I arrived here at Memorial in 2004, just barely in time to know some of your great saints who have passed on. One of those beloved saints was Ed McClyman. Now for the short while that I was here and for the early time I was here, I didn't know that Ed McClyman and John Rush were two different people. They looked so much alike. And then one day I saw them holding a picture of Dick Cheney and I thought they were triplets right there. <laughs> but if you remember Ed, you didn't visit this church that you didn't meet Ed McClyman. You got a welcome. 
he would jump over a pew to get to you to let you know you're welcome. He loved scouting and he loved his church and he was active in both of these plus some civic clubs. People used to ask Ed why he thought that church attendance was so very important and Ed would look away and sigh deeply like the question irritated him as if someone had asked something as silly as why should there be a reason for you to take the next breath and finally Ed would simply respond it's just what you're supposed to do. He approached giving to the church with that same sense of duty. It was something we were just supposed to do without questioning. You just did it. That's the blessedness of doing something from a sense of profound duty that comes from knowing you have been given much. If duty is your motivation for making a pledge and giving to God's kingdom, then may you experience all the joy that comes from fulfilling your duty. And may you rest assured that a day will come when Christ the King will say to you, Well done, you good and faithful servant. Our gospel lesson today tells us about a second motive, one that is more akin to our feelings or emotions rather than to a reasoned sense of duty for our reason to give. Luke tells the story about a time when Jesus freely healed 10 men of a dreaded, fatal skin condition, a disease that had made them leave their homes and families to go live together in a leper colony. Only one of the healed men returned to Jesus to give thanks for the healing, but look how he came to Jesus. The joy was just flooding out of his soul. He praised God in a loud and disruptive voice, throwing himself down at the feet of Jesus, giving Jesus his thanks. You know, there's just nothing wrong with a good feeling, with joy overflowing as the motive for your giving to the church. Our faith ought to be that kind of experience for us, making us happy. Giving in gratitude ought to be a joyful experience for us. And as it turns out, gratitude is something that we need to have as a part of our lives every day just to survive. Recently, as I was driving my rented van up Interstate 81 toward New Jersey, I was looking for something to keep me awake and my radio scanner landed on an NPR radio program where M.J. Ryan was being interviewed about her new book entitled Adaptability, How to Survive Change You Didn't Ask For. A member of the professional thinking partners who is recognized as a leading expert in change, she was fascinating to listen to. She says that one of the things that you and I can do to survive when life spins out of control for us is to start a new activity or a new hobby that we can be in control of. Being able to control one thing in our lives gives us strength to live with all the things that we cannot control, she says. And she went on to say that many people learn to play a musical instrument during these times of crisis, and I immediately thought about our own Andy Watson, 
who learned to play a guitar during his freshman year in college after some girl dumped him. <laughs> Every now and then, we in the band sing the first song he ever learned to play, and we give him such a hard time whenever we do that because we're so thankful that girl dumped him and he learned to play his guitar, even if it was at the cost of a broken heart, never mind that he wouldn't have found Kelly if that girl hadn't dumped him, we wouldn't have a lead guitarist around here. So we can do something, she said, to control life when we're out of control or things are out of control. But the next thing Ms. Ryan talked about was the power of gratitude in our lives to help us survive day by day. Now, she's not a religious author. And this interview was not conducted on a religious radio station. It was on national public radio. But she still spoke about the power of gratitude to help us survive. And this story is from her book. What in your life or yourself can you be grateful for right now? As an author of books on gratitude, I've been awed by its power to uplift and focus us on what is still right and good and whole in our lives. The other day I was introduced by mail to a 17-year-old named Lauren. Lauren has lived in 12 different foster homes since she was eight. When she moves from one place to another, her possessions fit in one plastic trash bag. She's about to age out of the California foster system with no place to live, no money, no job. But she's happy nonetheless because when she was 10, she lived with Mommy Jean. Mommy Jean gave Lauren a rock and told her to carry it always in her pocket. Each time she felt it, she was to think of something she was grateful for. Every day since, no matter where she lives, Lauren has been touching that rock and finding things to be grateful for. Then MJ Ryan adds, if I could, I would hand a rock to you right now. Not only to help you practice gratitude, but to remind you that like Lauren, you can survive the changes life hurls your way. I wonder how life might be richer for us if we could be reminded to find something to be thankful for in the midst of all the difficulties of life. A few times in my life I've been reminded to give God thanks when I really didn't feel like doing so and it made what I was doing meaningful and even happy. One that is carved in my brain goes back to 1982 when it was my night to get up with the crying baby. I know the doctors tell us to let our children cry but believe me, that little girl's crier could outlast my ignorer. <laughs> it was a choice we had to make. Do we lie there for two hours, awake, listening to her cry? Or does one of us get up and try to get her back to sleep so the other one can rest? Penny and I lost so much sleep. One dear lady in my congregation sneered at me one day, making light of this problem, 
what would you have done if you'd had twins like I did? And I answered, well, I guess we would have frozen one and thawed it out next year. I've got a mean streak. <laughs> Every other night it was my night to get up. And I was begrudgingly warming a bottle of milk one night when I thought to myself, a day is coming when this won't happen anymore. And I'm going to miss it. And I have many times, my friends. That little thankful thought caused me to savor the moment rather than to begrudge it. And that thought became the rock that reminded me to be grateful for this little life that I had helped bring into the world. And I remembered to be thankful on my night of duty from then on. What hard task has God given you or has life given you that could be made more meaningful if you found something to be thankful for? Are you providing care for an elderly parent? You will be relieved of that duty someday and you will miss them then. Are you tired of cleaning up your house because you've got messy kids? In just a few years, those kids will be grown up and gone away from home, and they won't be coming home as often as you'd like them to. And then you'll be willing to trade all the neatness of your house for just one more day with those messy little kids. What if we did good deeds not because we're trying to earn God's approval, but rather as a way of expressing our thanksgiving to God? then every action of kindness, every get well card you mail, every act of service that you do to your church could be a little way that you say, God, I just am trying to say thanks. Former president of Princeton University put it this way, as a young man I accepted Christ and his gift of eternal life. All the rest of my life has been a PS to that day, saying, thank you, Lord, for what you gave me on that day. What if everything you did for others was a way of telling God thanks for his gift of salvation? I wonder if giving money to the Lord could be done the same way. Instead of being looked at as a chore or an obligation, what if we found a rock of gratitude every time we reached down into our pockets for something to put in the offering plate? What would our giving be like if every offering envelope reminded us how fortunate we are to have a job, to have some income coming into our lives, to have a home with food on the table? What if writing a check to our church made us think there could come a day when I don't have anything to give and I will miss it then? Wouldn't it be more meaningful to you to offer your offering in a way that lets you express to God how thankful you are to him rather than paying it like it was a bill to be paid. Well, today we're going to conclude this service without a hymn. Our ushers are going to come now, if they can hear me back there, and distribute pledge cards to each of you for 2010. When your card is completed, you may come forward and place it here on the communion rail, and you may kneel, if you wish, for a few moments in dedication. Our financial secretary will collect all the cards after the service ends.
No one else will ever see what you've written on this card. She alone will do that. Parents, we invite you to encourage your children to begin the joyful practice of giving. We encourage you to help them fill out a pledge card. They're never too, long, too young to learn. When you get your card, if you would rather give monthly rather than weekly, just mark out that weekly and write in monthly in its place. Again, we invite our visitors and those who have not signed up for the meal to come on out to the Family Life Center and join us anyway. We need to have opportunities to be together and to get to know one another better, especially now that we are divided in our time of worship in two places and two different hours. When all the, prayer, the uh, pledge cards have been passed out, I'm going to say a blessing for the meal, um, and we will then be free to start eating when we get over there. And we're going to ask Ann Mayfield in a minute to play some soft music to help us as we complete our pledge cards and make preparation to present them to the Lord. I think I told you about the time they invited me to say the blessing for the meal upstairs before we went downstairs to the fellowship hall for the meal. And my prayer was, Lord, thank you for what you have waiting for us down below. I've tried not to tried not to say that prayer again. I am thankful for what he has waiting for us above. <laughs> well, let us bow for a blessing, and then we will begin our time of making a commitment to the Lord. Lord, thank you for your many blessings to us. Thank you that we might gather together as a family this day in one place to share a meal together. We are grateful for those who grew the crops and raised the food that we will eat today, for those that have prepared it, for those that have arranged it, and for those that will serve us this day. We give you thanks, and we pray your blessings upon our time together and upon the food that, that it might nourish our bodies so we might be able to be your servants day by day. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. 